You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Aloha! Welcome to Episode 8 of the Managemental Podcast, a weekly discussion on hot topics in the music biz for the up-and-comers, the brand newbies, the beginners, and aspiring rock stars of tomorrow. Yes, the struggle is real, my friends, but let us help you uncover some of the mystery that is this competitive business of rock and roll. I am your host and most currently obsessed with Thin Mint Girl Scout cookies. I have been known to play bass for some pretty cool bands, but mostly I am just an all-around swell guy, Mr. Blasco. As always, I am joined by my good friend, the co-host from the other coast, a record label owner, fellow artist manager, and aspiring street magician, Mr. Mike Mowry. I bet I can make that case of Thin Mints disappear, bro. <laughs> Coming at you. How's it going? I, I had forgotten, but my wife and I were out this weekend, and uh, we got swindled by the Girl Scouts as well, my friend. Oh, yeah. How about the girl that set up in front of a, a weed dispensary and sold 120 boxes in two hours? Incredible. That's fantastic. And, uh, you know, it's funny. I Last time I heard your voice was uh, on someone else's podcast. I was listening to you on Ray Harkin's 100 Words or Less. It was a fantastic interview. I don't think I've had a chance to say that to you. So anybody out there in podcast land is looking for that, you can head on over to jabberjawmedia.com. You know, I know you decently well, but it was really cool to hear your story. And what made me think of it is when you said you've played in some really cool bands, you go into kind of how that came about. So get out there, guys, give it a listen and give Blasco your feedback on it. Yeah, man. Thanks. Yeah. Ray's a cool dude. In our last episode, we dropped some tips on growing your live shows. As we have discussed, you need to build a sense of value with your music to appeal to record labels booking agents and managers alike, but how do you accomplish that? Well, it might be good to start with some basics that could easily be overlooked. In today's episode, we discuss an article written by Sari Del Mar for musicthinktank.com called 15 Very Quick and Helpful Things You Can Do to Help Your Music Career. This will be a fun one, so let's get mental. Yeah, baby, let's do it. So, Mike, what's shaking? Not much, my friend. Uh, you know, well, that's a lie. A whole lot of this and a whole lot of that. As I was telling you before we got started, I had Greg Anderson from Southern Lord in Washington, D.C. last week for the Darkest Hour tour kickoff, which was a fantastic treat. And then I had my boys in Lorna Shore and town. They were with Carnifex last night in Baltimore. Lorna Shore just had their new album drop on Outer Loop Records. So it's it's busy. It feels like March, even though it's still February, my friend. Nice. 
Tomorrow will be my 12-year anniversary of uh, mercenary management. We started in uh, 2005, so um, I don't know how exciting that is, but it's a uh, it's a monumental moment in time for me. 12 years, dude, self-employed. I know that's incredible. Congratulations! It's, it's <laughs> you know, and it is. It's interesting. I mean, my company's been around just about a year longer. We started in 2004 while I was still tour managing, and I didn't really get off of the road officially until 2006. But I've seen so many guys and companies come and go and a lot of flavors of the month that are they're cool for a year or two, three, four, even five. But to make it to 12 on your own, doing what we do, existing, trying to you know develop artists and developing them, that's a, that's an accomplishment. Congratulations, my friend. Hey, thank you. So, an article written by Sari Delmar for MusicThinkTank.com titled 15 Very Quick and Helpful Things You Can Do to Help Your Music Career is the basis for today's discussion. Sari can be found online at SariDelmar.com. As usual, we will link the article and the websites in the show notes for all those interested in checking it out. Yeah, and as always, you know, you find some gems from which to talk about. When I glanced at what we were going to cover, I was excited about this. It's fun. We get through some topics really short, really quick, and uh, these are some some helpful hints. Yeah, man, it's good to go back, you know. I mean, I don't know about you, but, you know, even for me, sometimes I just got to go – I just got to go back to the basics, you know, and pull up some some old articles or just even reread like mechanical royalties basics. You know what I mean? When you get so swept up in, in all your daily stuff, you kind of forget about the basics and you, and you roll past them. So it's kind of good to go back and refresh. Yeah, completely. And, you know, we talked a little bit about this in episode two when it was what are you looking for in a manager? And we talked about how, you know, you and I aren't ever going to be the foremost expert on mechanical royalties in the business. We're going to bring the experts onto our team, but we have to have that level of understanding. So when we talk to the expert, we can then go and relay it into a little bit more human terms to our artists who are looking at us and towards us, you know, for that advice and as the the liaison between the expert and really their their rights so i agree this is a fun one cool well here is number one remember people's names you know i don't remember what age i was but i'm gonna guess like 10 11 12 and i convinced my mom to buy me this tool set of sorts, almost like a game that would help build your memory. And Mm. one of the things was so you could remember people's names. It gave examples of, you know, waiters or not really waiters, but, you know, you come up to a a table at a party and there's 12 people and it kind of gave you hints on how to do that. You know, let's say your name is Blasco and I'm looking at you and you have a beard, right? So I remember B for beard and then B for Blasco. And I don't know if that's the exact trick because it's been a really long time. But remembering people's names is hard, especially in this digital day and age when really you meet somebody, you're probably looking at your phone five seconds later. So that can be a real challenge, but it is. It's really nice to do. Do you have any tick? or tricks that you utilize in order to do this same as you i do that name association thing where like 
if I meet someone like, oh, hi, my name's Lindsay, then I immediately associate like the first thing that pops into mind, like Lindsay Lohan or whatever, you know, so like, so then I remember them as Lindsay Lohan, you know, that's my best trick and it seems to work. But, but I want to, I want to point out here that for the people listening, if you see Mike or I somewhere, you we know that you know our names, right? Like, but it's the point of remembering people's names is like a club promoter or the guy that works at the record store or, um, you, you know, the, some dude in another band, like, rem- like remembering those names in your you know, circumference of people, not like the important people that could potentially help you out. We know that you know that, but like, it's the other people Rem- remembering their names is important. Yeah. Um, that, that's a really, that's smart to say for sure. So I yeah. remember when I, when I was touring my singer in the, in the band, I, the punk hardcore band I played in always had a little sign that he would give to one of us if somebody was talking to him and he should have remembered his name and he didn't <laughs> you know he'd kind of like do the old baseball sign you know tap the elbow twice and uh whatever <laughs> right. else and so we would come over and reintroduce ourselves for him not to throw him under the bus but you got to utilize whatever tricks are in your arsenal if you are in a band and one of you has a great memory and someone else doesn't you know make that person the one who reminds everybody hey the promoter today is john we met john three weeks ago when he kindly added us to this show so fair point yep number two send thank you notes i mean this is a bit of a lost art oftentimes now it's it's down to a thank you email but i have found and still do utilize especially if somebody goes out of their way to do something for me or one of my artists that they don't necessarily need to do. And even in some senses, well, I don't know if they would need to do, but you know, if we get on a big festival or if we get added to something like the Vans Warp Tour, you better believe at the end of that run, not only myself am sending something along to remind the person that we're grateful that we had the opportunity, but the band is doing so as well. So this is a really cool thing that it, it's just like courtesy 101 in any business. Yeah, man. I mean, you can't take opportunities for granted, you know? I mean, like, man, I'll, I'll send flowers and cupcakes and whatever to, you know what I mean? We get a tour or something really out of the box happens that's a career mover. You can bet that I'm sending something over to whoever, whatever person helped make that happen. And, you know, I'll accept an email um, because those are so few and far between. So get in the habit of, of really thanking people that have done something to help your propel your career, even like a text and just say, hey, man, like that was really great that you did that for us. Uh, much appreciated and throw a couple thumbs up emojis in there or something, you know? <laughs> so I, I mean, but it's important. Yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, who who do you want to help? Do you want to help people that say thank you? Do you want to help people that are appreciative, that remind you that the opportunity was great? Or do you want to help the people that, like, they just never utter those words? So it's really, really simple stuff here. Yeah, I mean, I mean, look, let me tell you, most people just roll and, and, and take it for granted. So in terms of rising above the clutter, doing something like that, like sending a gift to somebody, even just the thank you text like that, like, will really help you stand out. Number three, database relentlessly. It's sort of like having your Rolodex at the ready, <laughs> I guess, and keeping things organized. If you, I mean, I was out this morning at an appointment, and one of the guys who works with me sent me a quick email, said, do you have this person's information? And 
thankfully I was able to look, you know, everything's digital now. It's so incredible. You can find it, you can access it, and you can send it along. And so it's really important to keep that stuff up to date. It's also really challenging to do so, but as you're, you know, there's no time like the present to really start, especially if you are just making your first initial rounds in the industry, if you're in a new band or if you're a new aspiring industry professional, get your tools in order now because there's nothing worse. I mean, I've carried over Palm Pilot databases, you know, addresses and all that to my BlackBerry to now the Mac, which, you know, I think you're both, you're on a Mac as well on my iPhone and my MacBook. It like syncs without any of the old tools, but I'm still paying for some sloppy stuff that I did 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. I mean, my best tip is categorize, like, you know, have a, have a section, have a folder promoters, have a section, you know, record labels or, you know, fellow band mates or whatever, even if it's like musicians or whatever, but categorize everything so that it's easily accessible. Don't just throw everything in a organizer and hopefully it'll sort itself out. When she says database relentlessly, the way I see that is like, make sure that well, not only storing that info, but categorize it so that it's easy to find later. Number four, and this will sound funny, but like I'll explain it. Uh, number four, role play. And what she means by that is, you know, whenever you're young or, or just getting started out, not only are you the band guy reaching out to people, but sometimes it can be advantageous to pretend that you're a booking agent or a publicist or something to reach out to promoters, et cetera, et cetera. I've never really thought of it in those exact words, role play, but it does make sense. If you are, you know, and I remember the first time I ever had to go settle a show when I was a tour manager and I was scared shitless. And in hindsight, it was the biggest joke in the entire world. It was super simple, you know, and I was meticulously looking over expenses and making sure that this and that and the way that it had been taught to me. I thought it was going to be this very contentious, you know, crazy thing, tour manager on one side, promoter on the other side. And when I got there, it was great. You know, I asked a few questions about some things. They either clarified or said, oh, you know, here's an adjustment. But had I done some of that role playing, like she's saying here, it would have been so much easier and I could have gone in with a little bit more of a relaxed attitude. Yeah, I mean, I've worked with bands um, and when they were getting, you know, started, they made some aliases, you know, like a booking agent or manager alias and making, you know, they make a fake name and a fake Gmail account and all that stuff. And just to reach out to people. And um, it's not a bad idea. People that I've worked with, it's it's been an effective angle to work. So just be smart about it. Number five, read up. Yeah, I mean, this goes back to what we were sort of talking about at, at the beginning here, which is just keeping yourself educated. That's sort of 101 nowadays. I mean, everybody used to be told to go read Donald Passman's book on the music industry. But now there's articles online. That's one of the resources that we're trying to provide in some senses is giving people some insight as to how to navigate certain things, where to keep yourself educated, and you know how best to do so. But it's key. You and I are doing it. Again, so many of these things, it's fun for us to do this because I'm not thinking through them in the methodical sense. It's just what you and I have built the habits to do. So if you're an aspiring band member, industry professional, if you build these habits into you know your lifestyle and your profession, by the time you're 12 and 13 years deep like we are, it'll feel like habit as well. 
I'll add to this, not only read up, but I would say listen up, listen up to this podcast and, you know, others like it. I like digital music news. You know, they send an email every every morning and it's it's pretty easy to go through. There's like, you know, usually like five or six things that are very current in the biz that's going on. Uh, that's good for us. Blabbermouth is good for the other side, you know, not the business side, but the, uh, the, the music side. So, you know, pick a few things that you resonate with. You know, it'll take time to kind of find what works best for you. But there's like hypebot.com. There's music think tank um you know there, there's a handful of you know others out there just google up some stuff but yeah, um, and one thing you said there you make a really good point it's that when you're educating yourself and looking at these news sites like you then are able to partake in conversations that are happening and it doesn't mean if you know you're at a show and you somehow catch blasco and i outside talking about you know an article on blabbermouth that you need to interject but you can at least have some awareness about what is going on so if you overhear us talking about some issue that's current you will at least have some familiarization with it and if we do call on you to say hey dude what's your opinion you know do you really think that metallica event sevenfold ad mat looks terrible because i do um (laughs) 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 you'll have some awareness of what it is Right. Number six, learn how to do a proper show advance. I mean, this is, I'm so thankful that at some point in my life, uh, my entry point to the real side of the business was tour managing because so much happens with touring nowadays. I know how to advance a show. I know what to look at in a show. It was so interesting. I was on Carnifex bus last night talking with their tour manager, sound guy, and It was the first time they'd really had a true TM that had done it at all levels. And they were like, wow, we didn't realize that you could get X, Y, and Z. And he's like, well, I called them up in advance and went over all of the details. One thing I will say here, as a former tour manager, you want to be advancing the show with somebody who is at the show the day you're going to be there. Because there's nothing worse than rolling in and said, yep. I talked to John. John told me there'd be, you know, four meters out front blocked off for the two vans that we have. And John's nowhere to be found. And Larry's the guy there that says, I got no clue what you're talking about. So Mm. if you can, to the best of your ability, and of course, as you're rising up, you know, you might not have that luxury to demand that. But if you can, you know, just politely ask, hey, will you be the person there on day of show? I'd be great to meet you. I'd like to give you a Starbucks gift card in advance of my thank you note. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and two, to simplify, I mean, when you're, you know, just getting started off and you're doing club gigs, simple things like what time is load in, what time is sound check? You know, what What time are we playing, making sure that you're telling your fans what time you're getting there. I mean, loading in all your gear on time. You know, I mean, I, I, I think promoters respect a level of professionalism. So try and uh, try and present yourselves in such a manner. Number seven, always update your materials. You know, they're talking materials is whatever, websites, you know, if you've got an EPK, if you've got promo photos, or in this day and age, if you've got headers on social media. You know, one thing that we try to do meticulously over here, and thankfully I built a, you know, I have a staff and I have interns that are able to to help us out, is, you know, we're constantly trying to make sure that whatever's on our header, if it's for a tour and the tour ends March 10th, 
we have a new header ready to go for March 11th. That way, if Blasco's interested in Darkest Hour to go out and do some tour dates with Zach Sabbath, he doesn't go to the page in April and say, look at these chumps. They can't even be bothered to update their old header. Like, I'm moving on. I'm going to somebody else. I'm, I'm headed over to Power Trip territory. Yep. Keeping your websites updated. And look, if updating a website is not your forte, but you have a, a band URL, point it to somewhere that you do update, like your Instagram or your Facebook or whatever, right? Because I, I, you know, like, look, some people don't have a webmaster and it's kind of a pain or, or you know, they don't know their way around, uh, you know, the back end. So just point it to somewhere that you do update because if you, if it, if the presentation looks like, that you don't care, then why would someone like Mike or I care about you, right? Yeah, and there's so, you know there's no reason to beat yourself up over it if you make a mistake, especially early on. But smartphones and calendars that are synced, you know, you can create Gmail calendars that sh- are shared amongst your band, and they've got great alert functionality. You know, you can say a week in advance of you know your big show, start thinking about what our header is going to look like after that. It's just such a key and integral part, and it is. It's challenging. There's a lot, especially as you really start to develop, and you've got to make sure you know all of your stuff is on point. But it is paramount to to looking professional, and that can it can be the difference of getting opportunities versus somebody walking right past you. Number eight: Don't be sketchy about paying people. We could spend three hours on this topic alone. I want to say two things about it. I had a, a an artist, a group in here the other day, and they were asking me if I knew somebody, a young guy in a band, aspiring artist who I do know, and you know, talking to him about certain things within the industry. And one of them mentioned he still owes me money, and it was you could just see it. They all the rest of the guys were like, "Yep," and therefore he sucks because he had not paid that guy, and it was a small amount of money. And it was just so interesting to, to, you know, you take a guy that's got all this other stuff going on, in my mind, you know, he's got a cool band, he's doing a lot of stuff, but he hadn't paid one of my artists. How am I going to look if I try to go engage this other guy's band and my artist comes back to me and says, I told you, the guy's sketchy. Uh, the other thing I'll say, I read the book by the guy who founded Zappos. His name's Tony Say, H-S-I-E-H. And I keep this quote on file and it's sort of long, but it to me is so epic when it comes to paying people. It says, and you know, he's in the shoe business, Zappos. It says the typical industry approach is retailers treat vendors like the enemy. If vendors can't make a profit, then they don't have money to invest in research and development, which in turn means that the products they bring to the market will be less inspiring to customers, which in turn detriments the retailer's business because customers aren't inspired to buy. And so the real point there is, you know, if you've worked out a deal with somebody, let's say Blasco's managing you, and you come to him and say, hey man, we don't have any money, and you're being sketchy with it, how do you expect Blasco to figure out the ways to continue to develop your band or put energy and effort into your band? And maybe let's take Blasco out of the equation. Let's take some young manager. If you guys have agreed on something, make sure it gets paid. I know that's long-winded, but again, I could spend hours on this topic alone. Just be a pro, man. <laughs> you know, that's, my best, that's my best advice. Just be a fucking pro. Number nine, hire an amazing designer. Yeah, I mean, this goes back to our episode on on the importance of branding 
and we talk in detail about it. There's really not much else to say. He's spot on. If you've got cutting edge designs and you've got someone you can go to, so your logo and your branding is top notch, you're one step ahead of everybody else. Yeah, I'll, I'll reiterate that episode on this topic for those that maybe haven't uh, heard it yet. In terms of your logo slash type font, hire a designer and do something proprietary. Make sure your font is not something that 20 other bands are going to have. Don't use some, you know, distressed common sort of looking thing like really it it's gonna pay off in the long run man hire someone that can draw you and design you something proprietary your logo and your and your font uh, that's that that's all i'm gonna say about that number 10 protect your assets and here just to uh dig a little deep she's talking about getting potentially uh insurance for your gear yeah I think it's Chris Rock, the great comedian who says, you know, insurance should just be called in case shit, you know, in case shit happens and your gear falls out the back of your trailer. I mean, if you are going to the sites that we've talked about, you know, just for general news, the lamb goats and the PRPs and the blabber mouths, you're seeing that people get robbed all the time. There are professionals who look out for vans and trailers and they know what's in it. And they, you know, there's been certain cities where they've cased people coming to venues and there's nothing worse. I mean, the first time that I lost some stuff and I didn't have insurance and then I looked into how cheap insurance can be. I mean, it sucks too because in the grand scheme of things, it might seem expensive at the time, but it seems really cheap when they cut you that check and say, sorry, Mr. Mowry, that guitar that got stolen while you were in England, you know, that was worth 2000 bucks. Here's your check. Go buy a new one. That hundred bucks for the year for all of our gear seemed really cheap at that moment man nothing is worse than being violated and having your stuff stolen I mean, nothing is worse so i think it's a small price to pay for insurance my other tip too is don't bring your expensive rare you know guitars bring something that's replaceable you know J- drop 500 bucks on a standard issue that's easily replaceable don't bring your super vintage stuff because if that gets stolen it's going to be hard to replace number 11 ask the right questions that's of course always uh a little challenging to know what the right questions are but there's some tools that are out there that you know will allow you to prepare yourself for any situation. I feel like a lot of these are starting to tie into one another, which they should. And that's because if you're reading up and you're knowledgeable about what's happening in the business, if you have a question, somebody else probably has it too. So you might want to Google it, see if you can get an answer. And you know, if nobody else has it, you know, maybe it isn't the right question. Yeah, I don't know. Obviously, I've had a lot of uh, answers for 1 through 10. Maybe number 11 stumped me a little bit. (laughs) Well, I would change this one from ask the right questions to don't be afraid to ask questions. So here's, here's an interesting thing. I think some people think that by asking a question they don't know the answer to, that that makes them look dumb or that makes them look uninformed or that makes them look unprofessional. And here's a, here's a reality. If you find Mike or I on the street or in a club or something, and, and you ask us a question that you might think makes you look dumb, 
here's the reality. Mike and I love talking about music business. That's why we have a podcast about it. We'll gladly answer your questions or someone else. People love talking about what they are most knowledgeable about. So don't be afraid to ask someone a question if you think, even if it thinks it makes you look stupid, it doesn't. Like I don't, I don't think any less of someone coming up to me and go, Hey man, like how do I, you know, how do I change a tire on my van? Like my answer to that would be called AAA. But the point of it is, is that we like talking about what we know. So don't be afraid to ask questions. Uh, number 12, go direct to fan whenever possible. Yeah, we've talked a lot about engagement thus far in previous episodes, and I have to refresh my memory on exactly which one we covered this um, in depth on. But this is super smart. I mean, it's, you know, your fans are the ones who are capable of giving you feedback, inspiration, everything that you can and should be looking for in the early development stages as well as through you know when you are developed so finding them finding ways to engage them and you know that's really the key to it but you can't engage people if you don't know where they are this is what she says in the article which i think is on point and i'll end it here but interact and spend hours with your fans they are the most important thing you've got learn from them take their feedback and inspire them to fall in love and promote your band from the heart. This will be the key to your success. Boom. Number 13, be patient. You know, I think I've got a saying for this one. It's called, you can't rush greatness. It's everything takes longer than you would expect. And here we are, 12 plus years each deep in managing bands. And sometimes I have to remind myself, like, just be patient. If you've got what it takes, it's just going to take a little bit of time. And the more patient you can be, it doesn't mean that you shouldn't be driven. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't be working towards your goals every single day. It just means that it might take a little bit of time for those to come to fruition. Bands inherently, from my observation, are always in a rush to put something out especially the the you know the the newbies that you know the young the young guys they're just like i got the cd or we just made our cd and let, let's just put it out there it's like don't rush it make a plan like why are you putting it out there how are you putting it out there who who are you sharing it with who's who are you giving it to don't just throw it out in the world and and hope that people are going to absorb it or the people that are, that are going to find it it's like Man, zero in on your target fan base. Even if it's just a couple hundred people, start there, grow outwards or whatever, but don't rush it. You'll just you'll make mistakes if you if you rush stuff. Trust me. Yeah, I mean that's you know, that's really key what you're saying there. I mean, sometimes you're sitting on something that's new and exciting. You've been working on it for months. You know, you've been saving up the money to get into the studio to record and then, you know, saving up to pay the photographer and videographer and you've got that plan. And of course you just like you said, you're sitting on, you know, a gold mine. Patience pays off to get the right plan in place. Number fourteen, be humble. Humble don't stumble, baby. Yeah. I mean, listen, that is key and it can be you know, it can be sort of challenging, especially if you're a very driven person and you're working really hard to get to something and you've got it. You know, sometimes 
what you want to do, especially in this day and age of sharing everything, is you want to brag. You want to say, oh my God, look what I just did. Look what you know I just did. But you've got to learn to keep yourself in check. Even if you get a magnificent opportunity, you know, you've got to share your credit with those that have helped you get there and whoever's helping provide those opportunities for you. Yeah, man. I can't say enough about this one. It's just like no one can do it on their own. There's going to be people along the way that are going to assist you in propelling your career. And please always appreciate those people. Number 15 and final number, expect nothing. I mean, you know, she's really getting into the nitty gritty at the end here. These are some like core things that are challenging for everybody. I mean, I know so many people, myself included, that roll into a situation where you have expectations. You have expectations of yourself. You have expectations of your other you know, your fellow bandmates, your team, whatever it may be. But, you know, if you can figure out that you are not owed a single thing from this crazy thing called the music business, nor life itself, you will be in a much better position to appreciate all of the little things that come along, you know, as you're on your your process, you're going through the process as you are on your path towards your dreams. Yep, couldn't say it better. Well, thanks for tuning in. We will be back here next week. In the meantime, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Blasco1313. We encourage you to email us any questions or comments you may have for the podcast to me directly at askblasco at gmail.com. Because, hey, people, we do this show for you. Consider it a tool for understanding this ever-so-challenging and confusing business of music. If you have listened this far, much respect to you for making efforts to educate yourselves and taking your future into your own hands. Mike, any final parting thoughts? Just want to say thanks to everybody that's tuned in thus far. Nice to be here at episode number eight. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mike Oloop. If you're interested in my music management primer, The Business of Being an Artist, head on over to my website, outerloopcoaching.com, where you can enter your email and get a download of that music management primer. And just wanted to say, if you've made it thus far, uh, head on over to iTunes, find our show, and give us a little rating and review. Every little bit helps as we continue to try to get this knowledge out to the hands of many. I guess ears of many is what I mean. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, everybody. All right. Peace. Outer Loop Records is pleased to announce the signing of New York City's Awaken Providence and their new single, a darkened gospel. They are a proven force to be reckoned with. Full of raw, unrelenting rage and technical ferocity, the track hits listeners with a full force of deathcore aggression that puts the band at the forefront of the genre. Awaken Providence, a darkened gospel, is available now on iTunes and Spotify. It 
This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. I don't think it overstates things to say that the Beatles were the greatest gift to entertainment and culture of our time. A secular religion, if you will, with their universal appeal and demonstrable impact on people's lives. I'm Robert Rodriguez, host of Something About the Beatles. With every episode, I speak with historians, musicians, artists, and Beatle witnesses, all in the service of fresh insights into the most joyous cultural entity the world has ever known. I hope you'll join me and listen to Something About the Beatles, now at Evergreen and wherever you get your podcasts.